Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V. Today, I'm doing a very special episode, and we're having an illustrators episode with three illustrators. Sean E. Avery. Sean is a teacher, writer, illustrator, sculptor and designer born in South Africa living in Perth. Locally he's best known as the writer illustrator of well-loved children's picture books and internationally he's best known as a sculptor who uses CDs and DVDs to create breathtaking works of art that reside in galleries and private collections all around the world. That is amazing Sean and you are illustrator of Happy as a Hog Out of Mud amongst others. Well Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, pleasure to be here. I'm really interested in uh, your sculpting. Can you just give us a little, when we're going to talk books, obviously, but while we go on a tangent here, tell me about this amazing sculpting that you do and how you're internationally known and you're in galleries. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I haven't done in a while, but that's sort of where I, you know, I, I came from an arts background. Uh, my mum is, a, is a, a sculptor, went to fine art school and I, through uni, I created a, a series of, of sculptures where I would disassemble um, industrial materials like, yeah, discs and, you know, old hard drives and then reform them into um, organic shapes, animals. And um, back in 2011, uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, um, bought some of my sculptures and put them in their museums and then sort of published some pictures in in their books in their annuals and then from there the work kind of went viral for a few years so for about four or five years that's what I was doing as a kind of my my main profession as I was I was building these these sculptures um but uh not so much anymore it's my you know it's teaching's my 
my passion and uh, books, uh, writing and illustrating is mm. is where I'm at now. But, yeah, yeah. It, oh, uh, it was. That's wonderful. And I guess they all yeah. feed into each other in some way, you know, the creativeness of teaching. I mean, I've been a teacher myself and, you know, you have to be very creative as a teacher. So I think they all might feed into each other. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm a primary school art teacher. So, mm-hmm. yes, abs- when, we, when we do 3D work, it's it's a really, you know, good kind of background to, to have. And, um, yeah, like just the materials that I used to use, like, like lots of stuff that's yeah. lying around. So it's perfect for a classroom context, really. Kids wouldn't even know what little, you know, discs are anymore, would they? Well, what's that? <laughs> you have to ask them. You have to ask them. Have you ever seen one of these? And, it, it, yeah. Uh, there are oftentimes when seven-year-olds have no idea. I love that <laughs> so, so much. <laughs> also today on the podcast, we have Susie Houghton. In 2015, Susie was recognised for her talent, winning the Five Miles Press National Illustration Award, leading to her first picture book. In 2020, she won the Speech Pathology Australian Book of the Year Award for Goat on a Boat. And when it comes to her books, there is one thing Suzanne wants more than anything is to make kids laugh. If you're not making them laugh, she says you're not doing your job properly. Susie is the illustrator of Who is at the Zoo? There's a Shark in the Loo. How are you, Susie? I'm very well, thanks. That's all very impressive. Tell me about uh, the Speech Pathology Australia Book of the Year Award. That sounds pretty cool. That actually came as a um, shock because um, Nick Dent had written a book the year before, so it's sort of like because the awards are from the year before, um, I just got a phone call one day and said it had been shortlisted and then because it was during a lockdown and they were filming everything, um, we actually got told ahead of time that we'd won because we had to film a thank you speech and things like that. So I had to, like, sit on this, like, little secret for about six weeks, which was a bit hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's very hard. That's very impressive too. And today we also have Ruth Mary Smith, an illustrator and surface pattern designer specialising in children's design. Whether a picture book or a pattern design, Ruth Mary loves to produce sweet and whimsical illustrations and you are illustrator of Little Mr Gets a Sister. Can you tell us about surface pattern designing? Yeah, well, you know, it's just this little sideline thing where I love to, um, I do have sketchbooks full of little characters that may not always be brought to life. So I love to um, create patterns where they can be used and they can go on things like uh, fabric or other other surfaces. Wow, just Hmm. Here today we have, you know, people of many creative talents. It's fascinating. (laughs) But I am excited to be talking to three illustrators um, and I'm very keen to chat about the process of illustration specifically for picture books. Now, I do want to talk about, you know, you can talk about any of your work, but we'll start by talking about your Larrikin House titles and if you can hit us with an elevator pitch for the titles that you've illustrated for. Sean, do you want to start with uh, Happy as a Hog Out of Mud? Yeah, so happy as a hog out of mud. It's the story of a warthog named Charles with Oinkington, who's very sophisticated. He he loves drinking English breakfast tea and bird watching and writing poetry about English breakfast tea and bird watching. Lovely. And, uh, <laughs> and he just doesn't fit in with the other hogs who love to play in mud. And one day he's absolutely drenched uh, in mud by one of the uh, careless cannonballing hogs, and he gets really cross and he stomps off into the bush felt 
looking for new sophisticated associates to hang out with. <laughs> and um, he, he discovers that, you know, the, the Bushveld has got a bunch of really gross animals, you know, monkeys are throwing poop at each other and all that. And then he finds the flamingos and the flamingos seem to be, you know, his people. And they're actually a little, and he finds out that they're actually a little bit more stuck up than he is and kind of, you know, realizes, oh, geez, he has a bit of self-reflection. Like, oh, man, is this how I was with uh, my friends and family? And he, you know, ends up, you know, finding his, his people again. So, yeah, really, really silly and fun and, um, yeah, really close to my heart because it's um, a lot of African sort of imagery in there and that's, you know, what, what I know well. It's um, I grew up in South Africa, moved over when, yeah, when I was 15. So mm -hmm. a, a really important one to me. Uh, dark, illustrations are quite dark. Um, it's definitely not very uh, a very sweet, sugary kind of picture where it's like, yeah maybe a bit anarchic sort of the the, the style and uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm proud of it it's a it's definitely a unique one for me mm, it is such a fun book and i love the way you described it because it is really silly but then there's a sort of serious element underneath it. and i love how then you have to connect with your childhood you know growing up in south africa and and coming back to that a bit so i really love that thank you we'll talk about style shortly um, you can tell me all about, you know, I really want to know how the process of when you get this manuscript and the thoughts that go through an illustrator's mind. I've got to say, I don't speak to many illustrators on the pod. So this is new and I think this is a great thing. I think I'm going to do it more. Uh, Susie, tell us about who is at the zoo. There's a shark in the loo. Well, um, there's a shark in the loo which came out first, which is basically about a girl named Annie who it's her birthday. So while she's madly running around the house and her parents are trying to do a thousand things she's getting everything ready but then she discovers when she goes in the bathroom that there's a giant shark in her toilet mm -hmm. um, who, who didn't think that when they were a kid you think it's going to be in the toilet or the pool right yeah that's, so um yeah so the book's basically um annie working out how she's going to get the shark out of the toilet before all her friends arrive for her birthday <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and who is at the zoo? That came out the next year. It's the same author. I've done actually three books. Um, one's coming out next year, all by the same author, Sharon um, Boyce. And that is about um, a girl who wakes up one morning and all the adults in her whole town, in her house, at her school, have all disappeared and they've been replaced by animals. <laughs> so she wants to know why, if all the animals are here, who is at the zoo? So... That's quite funny. Fantastic. Love these wild stories that really go outside of the box. <laughs> what about you, Ruth, Mary? Tell us about little Mr. Gets a Sister. Well, little Mr. sort of hears news that he's not going to be alone in his house anymore and he's going to have a little sister. And so it's sort of like probably a theme that happens in quite a lot of households where um, the child hears that they're not going to be the only one anymore and everyone else is very delighted by the news but little mister is trying to work out whether he's going to try and get rid of little sister or whether she's really not as bad as 
he thinks she will be. <laughs> I'm sure many, many uh, kids have gone through, I think. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm really interested in what happens when you get this manuscript and you're either asked to sample or you have the job and what runs through your mind, particularly with the picture books we've spoken about, but you know, I'm happy for you to talk about any of your experiences and how what your process is from going to reading the manuscript, trying to understand what's going on, trying to understand the author's vision, but then putting your vision on top of that as well. And, you know, that sort of first start and then the finished product. Sean, it's a very easy question, I'm sure. <laughs> I've always been told you should never, ever do this in publishing. Um, but I, I've, I complete, I write the manuscript and then I do all the illustrations. I complete everything. Like, so it's pretty much finished. And then... Uh, you know, I typeset it and all that, my graphic design background, and then I submit it like that. And that is, so I've had, um, how many, I've had uh, eight manuscripts now, um, uh, like, accepted by publishers. And every single time, and I've had, so I've had eight accepted, and I've had about, um, well, maybe like 75 odd rejected and the only ones that have ever been accepted are the ones that i have finished entirely and sent them all complete and wow. it's it's quite strange and i don't i and i so i don't really understand how that works but um yeah i've, I've always just um i've always been a bit of a solo act i've always just mm -hmm. done my own thing um i i hope I hope I would play well with someone if I was given a manuscript to, 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 to illustrate. Um, but even though you haven't you haven't illustrated someone else's manuscript, you know, there must yeah. be some feedback that you get from publishers to, you know, tweak this, fix that. Like how does that how does that play out? Yeah, I mean I, I, I do. It's um there's you know, in my in my first book, um, All Monkeys Love Bananas, there was a there was a sorry, I'm just kind of going off. Yeah, a little bit, but um, there was a there was a scene in it where the rabbit, like the the idea was they like the rabbit, was, the monkey was sick of eating bananas, and the rabbit, the best friend, was sick of eating carrots, and they decided to swap food. And this is a, a genius idea that they'd come up with. And um, the the rabbit had sort of jumped onto the um, the monkey's uh, tummy to sort of like tell him this this amazing idea. And the publisher's sort of um, feedback there was, I it looks like the rabbit and the monkey are like getting a bit, bit intimate here like <laughs> i was wondering how you were going to say that sean i was thinking in my head you know this is the way that tigger always jumps on winnie the pooh's tummy you know like when he's excited <laughs> but then you know i realized that a whole team of people may thought that these these two were, were getting a bit too close and so i had to I had to redraw that and I kind of redrew it with the monkey, like, you know, sitting back with like his leg crossed over like this <laughs> and the rabbit on, on at a very respectable Social distance. distancing. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, you know, that, that comes up and you're just like, jeepers, I, how did anyone think of that? I, I, I never would have. So yeah, it's, um, I do get feedback like that, you know. <laughs> you just have to do it, I guess. Yeah. No, but it's, it's funny though, because, you know, obviously being a kid, a book for kids, kids aren't going to think that they're being intimate. Kids don't think in that way. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's still, <laughs> but, but I mean, I guess it's really like who's reading it to the kid. Yeah, yeah. Fair uh, enough. They're looking at it and they say, ah, oh, this <laughs> This, this monkey is a pervert, you know, and this rabbit. 
uh, we, we can't. It's just you don't want to have any kind of pause or anyone like <laughs> ruin the flow of the story. Yeah, exactly. Enough. And squinting at it, uh, I guess. <laughs> and go. Let's let's choose another book. We'll put that one away. Let's choose another. Yeah, exactly. One. Even if even if you don't consciously understand why it makes you disturbs you, you know, it's still there. And, and you just next time you got to pick it. I really, really so, want to yeah. see that original picture now, Sean. <laughs> I can, I can go get it for you, actually, if you don't mind me just packing off while you go for it. It'll be you... totally worth it. We'll, 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 we'll okay. make judgments. <laughs> okay, yeah, no worries. I'll be back and talk to you later. Yeah. Susie, tell us about you and how you go from you know. Uh, getting a manuscript or writing the manuscript and then the initial idea of how visually it's meant to look and then how it looks in the end. How, how does that process work for you? Um, most of the time I get a book and the first thing I think of is the main character. So for, say, Shark in the Lou, um, the first thing I had to come up with is what the shark was going to look like. And I knew it was a funny book. So And I knew there was sort of two ways I could do it. I could Like if you did the shark cranky and you know grumpy and scary looking then if a kid went into the bathroom they'd absolutely be terrified so I knew that I couldn't draw it like that it had to be sort of like a friendly shark <laughs> so with that book in particular I was somehow automatically drawn to um, one of my favorite movies is Little Shop of Horrors and I was drawn to the big alien eating plant out of that movie so my shark is actually based on that so wow. I named him Seymour as well which comes from that movie because I knew that that sort of character like he was a you know man-eating alien that's going to take over the world but he was funny mm. and he didn't actually look scary so that's where I got the base for that and then I just once I had that in my head I actually drew my shark in about 15 minutes and sent it off to James who liked it instantly but then other times um, with my goat on a boat book, I had the whole book pictured in my head with all the animals all on like two legs and like doing their very human things. And so I sent off all my roughs to the um, publisher um, and then Claire Halifax rang me and she said, no, I want all the animals on four legs. And I was having like flashbacks of Animal Farm. And yes, then, I was thinking exactly the same thing. And then I was like, okay, righto, you want them on four legs? And then you, like, hang the phone up and then you just have, like, a massive tantrum. Like, what would she know? Like, I've drawn these and these are really good and, she, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But then you calm down and you go and draw them again and I drew them all again and then I had another little tantrum because she was right but you didn't want, <laughs> you didn't want her to do it. She'd go, all right, okay, so she's right, all right, I draw them the way she wants them and then... <laughs> And, and it changed the whole sort of tone of the book because, like, the way I had pictured it was I was trying to put humour into the book mm -hmm. and that actual book is not necessarily a humorous book. Mm. So by bringing them back to be animals on four legs and not, like, humanised sort of thing, it changed the tone of it. So sometimes um, when you've got an idea in your head, that's where the editor and that comes in and says, oh, no, we actually, they have a big picture of what they want the book to look like and and that sort of thing, and you have to listen to that sometimes. Like, and you can't be precious. Like if they say, oh, you know, I've got this, this animal's pointing this way, but I want it pointing that way and it's too big and it's this needs to be bigger and whatever, um, you just have to change it. 
and and the quicker you can change it and just go okay i'll do that then the better it is for everybody yeah no, i like that idea because feedback is a funny beast because you've got you know your ego to put aside and you've got to think about you know the work being the best it can be but you know obviously illustrations they're very time consuming so to have to then change them all around i, I like the two tantrums the tantrum you have to do it and the tantrum <laughs> that she was right i like that <laughs> it's on a very total, human on a total contrast like both of those books had main characters but then um when Sharon gave me Who Is at the Zoo, I read it and so the picture book's got 32 pages. It's got 31 different animals in it. Wow. Every page has a different animal. So there was no main character that you could get your head around to try and work out. Like there was the main human character that goes yep. through the book. But so basically in that book, every picture was like a, just a, a different animal, which actually took twice as long because if you've just got one main character that's a shark, you go and do your research about what sharks look like, might take you a couple of hours. With that one, you were researching every single animal wow. in the book, so that one took twice as long. But then you only had to draw them once. So in a normal book, the hardest part is to get the consistency of the character on the same on every single page, where the benefit of that book was I had to draw them once and then... <laughs> that's it so yeah. if I you know yeah. didn't have to try and replicate them at all mm, it's interesting the different challenges for each book uh, Ruth Marie what about you from idea from concept to first other writing or seeing the manuscript and then the end result how's that process worked out for you um well for me at the beginning I start with just some initial sketches and I do tend to find that I make a little bit of an emotional connection to what I what I sketch so, for example, for the Larrikin book, I was I did some sketches that were uh, children, little people, and then um, I did the sketches that were the little tiger characters. And I actually really connected with the tiger characters, but then, you know, um, obviously picture books are a bit of a to and fro it's a collaboration and so I was waiting for the feedback and I was really trying not to get connected because in my head I was already going oh they could do this and this <laughs> and this would be funny and um yeah I think I'd I had emotionally already connected with them um but they liked the tiger characters so um and they had actually suggested that as the animal type so mm -hmm. um yeah, I just I think I I like to keep in my head that it's a collaboration. Yep. Um, but it's not always easy if you have something that you particularly like. Um, yeah. So after those sketches, um, I tend to do like initial sketches and then just sit and just let a little bit of time go by and then revisit them and think what can I add to these little characters. And then go from there to, you know, go into storyboarding and into, you know, final, final artwork. Mm, such an interesting process. Now, Sean, you're back with your uh, intimate bunny. <laughs> <laughs> so we are an audio, so we're going to have to just drive this. And we, might, we might put the picture okay. up. <laughs> Pixelate, or we have a <laughs> we blur things out. Nah. Uh, so I'm very this keen is, to see this. Okay, so this is the final book. This is the one that was published. Um, this is the dummy that I submitted to my publishers to you know that they liked yeah. and accepted. 
So let's look at oh, what do we want to see? The the ugly or the uh, safe for work version first? We'll show let's us safe. At, let's look at safe for work version first. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, uh, the rabbits is kind of sitting on a log and they're having this discussion about you know this plan that they're they're hatching to swap mm -hmm. uh, yep. carrots and bananas with each other. So there so we they're, go. They're socially distancing on a log. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Lou the monkey's there, and he's you know just sort of got his legs very crossed. civilized, very civilized. And so this is the original, which I was told was just. This is an audio format. We might put this up. So yeah, uh, Sue's oh, to describe it. <laughs> Sue's uh, straddling Lou and uh, <laughs> and and giving a a very uh, intense uh, directly into his little monkey eyes and he's looking very very worried actually now that he's got this big O on his mouth and he's like <laughs> so there's, there's a few issues with that then he's just facing himself with his with his hands back and his and his tail and his legs are kind of out and yeah okay I, I get it yeah you can consider oh sure that's great i love that so much so yeah there are changes <laughs> but i mean yeah like this is so i've i've been i've been a bit of a spoiled brat in the way that i don't i've never really had to change very much i've, I've kind of always just had my character designs accepted immediately i think it's a bit different if you maybe you you are the author illustrator maybe they kind of uh they they kind of want to follow your vision a little bit more or whatever i i don't know it's um but i've i've never actually been asked to do major major sort of revisions on the um on the characters or the pictures or the words which is which is awesome um yeah it's pretty much stayed stayed as is um yeah so i've been quite lucky with that anytime i have been asked by publishers to fix things like okay we like the story but you know can you fix this i've never been able to do it i've never been able to fix it i've tried heaps of times with so many stories you know uh one one story that i wrote ages ago called worm gets the early bird it's about a worm who eventually eats eats the bird that terrorizes them yeah and, and i rewrote that story must yeah about 12 times and i just and I just couldn't get it. And it just kept on getting worse and worse to the point where I just can't stand it anymore. I can't look at it. It's broken, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so for me, like the more, the more fiddling you do with this, with a story, uh, I don't know, it kind of, every time I revise something, it sort of loses its magic a little mm, bit. That's interesting. The magic just disappears. From I, I sort of agree. When I draw characters, like even with my shark, that was the first one I drew. Like I know some illustrators will draw like, to say it's a cat or whatever, like 60 versions of the cat until they pick the one they write. But I've already got it in my head. Mm. And then I go, right, this is what I want it to look like. I draw it and they very rarely ever change from that, mm. that main character. Unless I draw something and then I go, oh, that looks too similar to so-and-so's, you know, I might have to adjust it. But I very rarely ever change my characters. It's really interesting. So you, you're drawing and writing from that gut and instinct. Would that be right? Rather than... Yeah. And I like how you said, Sean, the magic, each time you revise it, it loses a bit of magic. I think that's that's really, 
really special and really interesting. It's why your roughs are always have more character and personality than your final artwork, I think. Oh, that's very interesting. Ruth Marie, what about you? Do you find the same? Um, well, I definitely connect with what um, Susie just said about you draw your um, your pencil, like I always draw my sketching pencil rather than digitally. And yeah, to hold that freshness um, where in your final is is can be tricky, I think. Yeah. Mm, it's very interesting. And I wonder if it's the same um, same process for writing. So I know the more that I spend time with the words, the better they get. But it seems like for you, it's the opposite, which I find that really interesting. My first draft was terrible. <laughs> I ever try and write something, my first draft is sort of like just spewing the idea out of my head and getting it on the paper and, mm. and then mm. going back to read it later. I, I think what muddies, the, muddies it is maybe um, too, many, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yes, so I if, agree. If, you, if you've kind of, if you've had a rejection from, from, from one publisher and they've told you one thing and so you've kind of reworked it and now it's with another publisher and they've said oh can you rework so you've got all these people and all these ideas and then the artistic integrity is gone you know it's you see it in like hollywood you know when you have director changes and then the movies come out and they're yeah. immense because the there's vision no, is there's an, vision. yeah it's, it's yeah. everyone's yeah. vision which becomes no one's vision that's yeah. right yeah exactly why and that's why i kind of feel like it's you shouldn't be afraid to just let things go you know let it go if it's not you know if if it's been no 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 uh from maybe two 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 publishers three publishers well and you've fixed it each and it's not quite well i don't know yeah maybe just spike it in 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 support of new ideas you know which will be yeah. fresh and exciting and you'll you'll feel that energy for them yeah so. absolutely no i i totally agree with that idea because um you know, you've, you've got to hold these ideas loosely. And I always think you're not going to run out of ideas or words or images to draw. There's always, always going to be more coming to you because, you know, a bunch it's of creative the, people sitting here. It's the opposite. The, the yeah. more you do it, the more they come. It's like exactly. oh, definitely. exercise. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good for you. I love that. And I love, Sean, <laughs> how you said that you had, you know, eight accepted and what did you say, like 75 or something rejected, like, because that's a reality of the industry, isn't it? Mm, it is yeah. indeed <laughs> for me i've had in the past year i've had um uh five five manuscripts accepted so it and so when people look look, look at what i've done it's like oh well that's like a bunch of books you know but it's been kind of six years of radio silence and nothing you know so it people only see i guess the tip of the iceberg with that kind of stuff you know it's all yeah. the, and work over time yeah. absolutely and that's what I was, I was about to say exactly the same thing you know people see the finished product they see you on social media going look at my book but they then don't understand you know all the um things behind that and all things that haven't worked and that's why these conversations i love having these conversations because you get you know you get the stories behind the gloss i think so i really enjoy that now in in a world where you know it's digital sort of versus the original way of you know how you might uh, create your illustrations what is your process do you go digital do you go back to the pens or pencils or whatever it is you use sean what's your process um i i i'm of a mindset now that i just want to do everything digitally mm -hmm. because i've got just stacks and stacks of sketches and um i, I just want to 
you know, kind of not have so much clutter because I, I, I'm actually making, if everything was on paper, I would just have like files and files and files of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's digital for me. Um, I just work with a little tiny cheapest graphics tablet I can afford. You know, it's a really not a very fancy one. And I just use, I use Photoshop and uh, yeah, I've got uh, plenty of, plenty of hard drive space. I keep really rough sketchbooks as well, where I yeah. jot down ideas, but nothing, mm. nothing I'd want to show in public. <laughs> it's it's really interesting how, how the process has evolved though, isn't it? It's really interesting how illustrating has evolved like that. Susie, what about you? Um, well, I've tried to do my roughs and everything um, like on the computer and it, I just can't do it. So all of my original roughs and everything are all still done in a sketchbook. But once I do them, then I will scan them in and play with them to get them right and get everything right um, in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And once I've got, and then that way, if I can move all the layout around and move, you know, if this is over here and that over there, and once I've got everything right, I'll print it out. But I still love the feel of pencil and paper and paint. So then I, I still put it onto watercolour paper and paint it. But what I do... Um, do is I tend to paint in layers so if I've got stuff with the background I will do that separately and then I scan everything in and I put it all together in Photoshop so then that way um, if the publisher decides you know the background's too dark or this I'm not repainting a whole picture yeah. I can just I can just change that bit in Photoshop or you know if or sometimes even like I'll do my characters on it just on their own away so then um because once it goes from sketch to the final art, sometimes your layout slightly changes. So then I put it in Photoshop and just move them around. Mm -hmm. So I still work traditionally, but I do all my editing and sort of like putting together in Photoshop still. Mm -hmm. and, and all my files, I, they're all sent. Like I, I don't send any original artwork or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. The two very two different ways of doing that. Ruth, Mary, what about you? So I definitely do my initial sketches with just... Uh, pencil on paper in my sketchbooks and I've tried to to sketch digitally but I don't know I just can't get the feel for that but then once I've got from the sketch and I and um, storyboard then I I'm totally digital wow. <laughs> so um yeah so I use my my little iPad <laughs> um, and yeah I just do all my layers in um, procreate and um, yeah, that's how I do it all from there. Um, and occasionally, like I love to do things traditionally, but I definitely find that there can be time issues with that. And I still feel, uh, um, you yeah, know, just that put that pull. If you make a mistake traditionally, it's harder. It's harder to undo that mistake. Um, and so digitally, that's all that sort of stuff is a lot easier. Um, and I have done um, as well where I've done characters separately traditionally and put them onto digital layers or other layers, you know, like blended them together digitally. But um, definitely digitally will always be part of my process because it's just, um, it's, it's easy and it's, you get to that point where you don't think about it, just your imagination can just keep going. And so it's a smooth transition, I think, just mm. using that. I love it. I love how we've got three different processes here. Susie, what are you going to say? I find it really funny that I work traditionally quicker 
Because, like, if I've got my picture, I have to make the decisions, like, that's going to be red and I work out all my colours and stuff before I start. Whereas if I try and do something, say, in Photoshop, I'll go, oh, I wonder what it looks like red. Or let's try it purple. Or what it, and then the, I undo it and I redo it and then I undo it. And then, as uh, Sean was saying, you just lose all the integrity of your original drawing. And the magic, so I, just, I yeah, like that. I can yeah. just sit there for hours where... If I have to draw it and I know that I'm going to paint it and that's final, you have to just make a decision. Yeah. And you don't question what you're doing and you just write this is how it is. Mm, so I work like 10 that. times faster like that, mm, which I think is the opposite of everybody else. <laughs> no, but I like how you've got three different processes. It's really Yeah, it's interesting, yes. isn't it? Because yeah, I still it. pick my palette before I start uh -huh. um, and I don't change it pretty much, but um, I'm picking it digitally. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. You got you've actually got more options these days. You know, going back to the traditional yeah, yeah, right. or using a, a combination of the two. Now, I always ask when I have um, you know when I have authors on, I have this question at the end that I say, "Why do you write?" Um, so for you, Sean, it's going to be, "Why do you write and illustrate?" And um, you know, for Susie and, and Ruth Marie, "Why do you illustrate?" So, Sean, let's start with you. Why do you write slash create art? Um, I just feel compelled to. It's something that. Um, it's just I don't know it it brings together all the kind of things that I've, I've really loved from my from my my life my upbringing I've loved stories you know I love I love I'm, I'm like I said my mum's an artist uh, my dad my dad was a journalist um and uh yeah I, I just it, it yeah and obviously my design background as well I work with kids you know being a teacher so it just it just makes sense that that I would do that, you know, that I would um, make make stories for the kids that I teach because I know kids really well, and um, I know the process of of how to make a book really well. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't know. It's just I've been doing it for so long now. I, I honestly couldn't imagine not doing it. Mm. So I'm just yeah, I know, not a very romantic answer, but I'm just. <laughs> All right. just, just compelled really and uh just couldn't imagine not doing it <laughs> yeah, no, the truthful answers are the best ones Susie what about you why do you create well I've just done it like my whole life I've, I've I've done fine art for a long time and it's just I think something that is as Sean said it's just part of me and even like even my husband knows that if I haven't done anything for a few weeks he'll just look at me and say you need to go into the studio um <laughs> Because if I haven't done it, like it, it physically changes how I am. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I've done fine art for a long time, but I really love um, illustrating picture books because I always think of the the young kids. You don't have to be able to read to read a picture book. Yeah. So and I find that um, illustrations are sometimes uh, a child's first ever you know exposure to art yep so and, and I, story yeah and that's right and, and like you know um I I remember I think I was I was 11 must have I'm assuming I was 11 when mum gave me the 11th hour um <laughs> and I can remember thinking that that was the first time that um a book wasn't just there to decorate the words like mm -hmm. there was actually another purpose yeah to the illustrations and so um that's why I really love picture books because you know if the kids can just experience that as well I think that's amazing yeah absolutely and I love it when there's a whole other story with the pictures you know that yeah 
that you know um, juxtapose the words or work with the words in a different way that's um that's wonderful about picture books ruth mary tell me why do you create well i guess my answer is really very similar to the others that it's just my happy place and it's part of me it's something that i've always done and I just feel the need to do it and I feel stressed if I don't get that time to create and so it's my relaxation and yeah I guess it's just part of my bones. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I like that I like that a lot. Well it's been such a joy to have this illustrator special speaking to three very creative people who produce these works in all very different ways um, with you know these beautiful books that you put out for kids because I think it's really special uh, creating books for kids because like you said it's their first stories it's picture books particularly connect kids with their parents and you know it, it helps bring back the joy into uh, their lives which is you know what we definitely need right now we're living in this interesting time so thank you so much for your time and thank you for continuing to create these wonderful stories for our children thank you, thank you so much for having me Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.